Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Well, this morning is the last Sunday of this year. And I don't, I don't know how you celebrate the end of a year, but there's lots of ways you can celebrate. And one thing that, that I understand about a new year is there's new opportunities. New opportunities, there's, there's a lot of people have New Year's resolutions, and while we try to keep them, we don't normally keep them. But I can tell you this, in my life, one of the things I love about a new year is that January 1st absolutely annihilates December 31st and beyond. There's, there's like a clean, hard cut from one year to the next. It's, it's a transition. You know, transitions can be difficult sometimes. When you're transitioning from one place to another, from maybe uh, one job to another, you know, my wife and I have been in a season of transition in the past few years, and I can tell you transition is not always easy. But it's possible. Amen. Transition is possible. And this morning, what I want to talk to you about is how to transition with expectation. Expectation is key when it comes to your life and the things that God's going to do in your life. I want to ask you one question this morning. How will this new year be different for you? Think about that just for a moment, because if you do things the same way, you're going to get the same results. I don't want to be the same Caleb in 2022. I don't want to be the same husband. I don't want to be the same father. I don't want to be the same minister. I don't want to be the same son, uncle, whatever my title is. I want to be ever evolving and ever changing, but that's not going to happen unless there's a transition, unless there's an opportunity for me to go forward. And so when you look at a new year, and you look at this whole year, if you were to go and take inventory and backtrack of your life from today all the way to January of this year, there was probably some ups and some downs, some challenges. I mean, my God, when you look at the you know, 2020 and COVID and all the things that we've gone through as a nation, the past few years have been challenging. The transition, the change, those things have been very unique. But it's almost like December 31st and January 1st, there's a threshold that we cross over. Thresholds are unique. You know, I grew up most of my life in construction. My father, I'm sure he's probably watching online, hey dad. Uh, construction is how we grew up. And so anytime that we could take a saw, a tool, and some wood and make money, we did it. Whether it was new construction, whether it was commercial, whether it was residential, remodel, whatever the situation was, I grew up, when I was old enough to swing a hammer, we were building something. One thing I hated was installing thresholds. Has anyone ever put a threshold down? Oh, we got a couple of you. All right, all right. I don't understand thresholds. They made no sense to me, especially as a teenager. I would think, why would you put this ugly piece of material right on top of floor and people are just going to step over it? It's not, even, it's not even like being used for much, right? And I'm not here to teach you on the, the, the practicality of a threshold, but a lot of us have walked over thresholds unknowingly. Today, you got out of your house and into your car and crossed over a threshold. I, I guarantee you weren't even aware of it. 
When you walked into this building to come to church, to come and worship and and hear the message today, you walked over a threshold and were probably completely unaware of that threshold. And that's how thresholds are. I've walked over hundreds of thousands of thresholds across the, the span of my life, and most of them were insignificant. But there was one threshold in my life that was so significant, changed my life, I'll never forget it. And that was the time, here I was, newly married, 19 years old, and I picked up my wife, and I walked over the threshold of our new home. It wasn't new, but it was new to me, right? Any man ever picked up your wife and carried her over the threshold, a couple of you? Oh, well, maybe I'll go home today. Here's your homework. Go home today, pick up your wife, live with your legs, men. Pick up your wife, carry her over the threshold of your home. I'll never forget standing on the front porch. And here I am, and I'm, you know, it's almost like I was going to propose again. Like, how am I going to do this, right? I've, I've seen it done on TV. I, I don't know how this is going to happen. And I remember, in order to pick up my wife, I had to put down what was in my hands. In order to go into something that I wasn't even sure about. You know, to cross over that threshold, most thresholds are placed in, in, in places where you're coming from outside to inside, right? You're, there's a clear change of not only climate, but location. A threshold is there for protection. And that threshold, though, has to be a choice to step over. And so I had to make the choice to pick up my wife and to step out of who I used to be and into who I was destined to be. Because I knew behind that new door was a family. I had, I had no clue what God was going to do. Now I have five amazing kids. I didn't know the challenges we would walk through with multiple miscarriages and all these things that we dealt with. But what I did know was that there was something greater on the other side of that threshold than what was on the, the opposite side. I knew that if I wanted a life to be different and be changed, I had to step from one location into a new one. Here's what I want to ask you today, church. What will you bring with you into this new year? Now, these things we bring with us can be great things, or is it the same depression? Is it the same insecurities? Is it the same strife and stress and anxiety and drama? Is, are we going to bring 2021 into 2022, or are we going to make an, a conscious effort to say, God, I'm stepping over this threshold, this transition this year, full of faith and expectation for what you have for me. That's what I want to encourage you with today. I want to encourage you to step over into something brand new. You know, the apostle Paul, he came across many thresholds in his course of time in ministry. If you read his story, I mean, the man was shipwrecked, snake bitten, beaten, left for dead, stoned. I mean, he was in prison. He went through all kinds of things and had many choices he had to make. But I want you to pay attention to the mindset of the Apostle Paul as we read from the third chapter of the book of Philippians. He says this in verse 13. He says, one thing I do, one thing I do. If you had to do one thing in 2022, I would say this would be it. If you just had to do one thing. He said, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Oftentimes we reach back. 
We're reaching back to pull up the things of the past. In relationships, we're reaching back to remind someone of how they've hurt us. In in, in a family, we're reaching back to bring up the things that once were that we want to still be there. It's hard to let go sometimes of not only the good things, but the bad things. I heard someone say one time, never park by your successes and never park by your failures. You know, it's like the people who, who they can't get past the thing that happened to them. It may have happened at a young age and they just can't get past it. Even if they didn't do it to themselves and to those who did self-inflict something in their life, they can't get past that. Then there's the other people who they're still telling you about their, their high school football days and they've been out of high school for 50 years. They want you to know about how, how fast they ran the 40-yard dash, Right? They park by their successes or they park by their failures. I love the passion translation of this verse. Listen to this. He says, I do have one compelling focus. Come on, what are you focusing on today, church? He says, I have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past and I fasten my heart to the future instead. I fasten. That's like locking it in. I'm fastening my heart to the future. I can tell you this today. If you keep your heart in the past, that pain will remain. But if you'll allow your heart to go forward into the future and see the things that God has for you, let go of the things that have been keeping you where you were and let God walk with you into something new. He said, I fasten my heart. The other day we had a staff meeting and Pastor Joseph shared a quote that, man, it just, it hit so deep and it went so well with what I'm talking about today. And I've actually read this book in Dr. Henry Cloud's book, Necessary Endings. He says this, he says, entrances into new seasons must first be preceded by exits out of old ones. In order to go into something new, you have to leave something old, Right? And a lot of times we want the new, but we still want to hang on to the old. Entrances into new seasons must first be preceded by exits out of old ones. You know, when I carried my wife over the threshold of our new home, again, there were things in my possession, things in my hands that I had to consciously say, I'm leaving this out here. It's not as important to me as what I'm about to walk into. And I don't know in your life what those things are, but I guarantee you the Holy Spirit is already revealing them to you right now as you're sitting here just listening to this. What are some of those things? If you take inventory of your life right now, if you were to sit down for the next few days and say, I'm going to inventory a packing list of what I'm going to take with me into this new year, what would be the things you left out? You know, oftentimes when you pack for a trip, Especially like right now, I'm, I'm almost done with flight school to get my, my pilot certificate. And one of the things they teach you in flight school is you can't just take everything you want on the plane with you. You know, you can when you're going with like Delta or all these other places, but when, when you're flying a little tiny plane, you know, uh, you, you got to ask your wife to leave the curling iron and the blow dryer and a few of those other things behind. They just can't go on. You can wear your hair in a ponytail and I can put my hair in a hat and that's about it, Right? You have to make a choice. What's most important to you for that mission? What's most important to you for that trip, 
for that journey because it's going to come with you the whole way. And even as you take off and you land, it'll still be with you. I believe there's things in your life that you have yet to pick up that God wants to give you this new year. And I believe as you lay hold of those things by faith, you take them with you into something that God has destined for you all along. You know, my wife and I, when we both crossed that threshold together, our life began to accelerate. I'll never forget the time. I was sitting on the couch, the couch that we actually bought from the guy who sold us the house because we had no furniture. And I was sitting there, and I, I, I never will forget, my wife came running in, waving a piece of plastic that she had just urinated on in my face. And this smile came over her. And she said, you're going to be a daddy. And that feeling of, what? Like, I was just trying to figure out how to be a husband, right? Like, I'm still trying to figure out how to be a man. I mean, I'm 19 years old. You're, you're going to be a daddy. And do you know, with just a piece of plastic, I believed every word she said. I picked up the phone. I called my mom. I called my dad. I called my brother. She called her family. All we had was a piece of plastic. A couple days later, we went to the doctor, and I had a doctor's confirmation. He said, yep, you're pregnant. All I had now was a piece of plastic. And another man who I didn't even know. I didn't even know this guy. But I trusted his word enough to say, I'm going to be a father. There was no physical signs. I, I didn't see any visual signs of my wife expecting, but we were expecting. A couple of weeks later, we actually got a little black and white. How many of you have kids and you've gone through this whole process? Got a little black and white sonogram of a black dot. Now, I guarantee you, if I get a piece of paper and I draw a black dot on it and hand it to you and say, you're pregnant, just believe me, you probably have a hard time believing that. But all I had was a little piece of plastic, right, a man's word, and now a little black and white sonogram, and that was all I needed. Do you know, with just those three things, people began to buy me stuff? I mean, think about how crazy it is. They started planning things, showers and all these events and, and, and going and we're registering for things for people to buy us. And all we had was just little things. There was, if you would have looked at my wife's stomach, there was no evidence that she was pregnant. Do you know they actually call mothers expecting mothers? That's the term we use. She's expecting or I'm expecting. They even have parking spaces at certain stores for expecting mothers. And I've watched women pull into those parking spots and get out. And there's no bump. There, there's, there's no visible sign of pregnancy. But just because I don't see it doesn't mean it's not in there. You know, with all of those things... We began, I never felt the baby kick. I, ne I never heard the ba baby never came out and talked to me. And we began to buy material. My dad came down. We remodeled the room. We're getting all these things. We're picking out names, right? We began to prepare for what we were expecting. I didn't wait for one day my wife to say something hurts and, and a baby appears. And I go, wow, we're going to have a baby. We should probably have a room for this baby. We were buying strollers and, 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 and bassinets, and we had cribs. We had all of these things just 
because we were expecting. What are you expecting for this new year? You know, oftentimes we, we, we say, I'll believe it when I see it. But truthfully, you'll see it when you believe it. Are there things that God's word has promised you? Absolutely. Are there things that the Lord has spoken to you in prayer? Absolutely. Then we don't just wait for those things to show up to believe that they're ours. We begin to prepare ahead of time. Right now in 2021, you can begin to prepare for what's to come. The Apostle Paul said, I know the things that have happened. And if you really read the Apostle Paul's letters and what he's talking about in that chapter, the man had some accolades. I mean, he had done some amazing stuff. He could have hung his hat right there and said, guys, I've done it. I'm retired. I'm going to sit up here and all the young ministers can come and I'll teach you and tell you stories. But no, he said, all those things I've done, I'm forgetting about them. You know, one thing that I love about our pastors is he's just getting started. I, I'm around ministers all the time that are asking, when can I be done? When, when can I quit this thing? When can I finally retire? And our pastor is how many more churches can we build? How many more ministers can we raise up? How many more souls can we get saved? Come on, I think that's something you could clap about this morning. It's a conscious effort and decision to say, I'm not going to to think about or even rest in all that I've already done. There's more for me to continue to do. You know, my wife and I, having our first child changed our life. Changed our life. But with every other child, we still prepared. We didn't go, well, we've already had a kid, we don't need anything. No, we still prepared. You know, God has answered my prayers over and over and over again, but I still prepare. I still read his Bible and believe his Bible. I still take the word of God as truth, and I still receive it and prepare for it each and every time that he tells me something. And so in preparing for things, one of the things we have to understand is, is Satan may have a lot to say about your past, but God has so much more to say about your future. And when you're preparing things, if your mindset's not right, Satan will talk you out of it. Come on, you ever been talked out of something? You knew it was of God. You knew God had something for you, but yet you couldn't get past the voices in your head telling you that's not for you. That happens for other people, but it's not going to happen for you. Right? I've had that in my own life. I've had the enemy come, and it's like a battlefield in my mind. You know, fear only exists in one place, right here. Right here. It's not external. It's completely internal. But when you give over to it and you marinate in it, you begin to see externally what you've been marinating in internally. And so we've got to begin to change our mindset to have a mindset of expectation, of positive expectation. Listen what the word of God says about your future. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 18 says, your future is bright. Come on, elbow somebody next to you and say, your future is bright. Your future is bright and is filled with a living 
hope that will never fade away. Come on. If that's all you said, stepping over into the new year, that would be enough. My future is bright. What are you expecting for your future this year? What do you want your marriage to look like? What do you want your family to look like? What do you want your situation to look like? How do you want things to be different? Then look at that thing and say, my future is bright. Your your troubled child, your future is bright. Your troubled health, your future is bright. That relationship that's estranged, your future is bright. The unknown, the things, the questions that you may have, your future is bright. There may be things you don't know, but one thing we do know is the word of God is true. And if the word of God says your future is bright and filled with a living hope that will never fade away, then I'm telling you, I don't care what variants are created or keep coming. I don't care what the economy looks like, what your doctor's report says. I don't care what it may seem or how you may be facing a trial. Your future is bright and filled with hope. Look at what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. I love this, this verse. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Have you ever said things like, man, I just don't know. I don't know. He does. And as long as he knows, I think I'm good. Because there's many things I don't know. And I always want to know. I want to know what's next. I want to make a plan. But the Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And listen to these plans. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. You know, all Satan ever wants to do is remind you of the past. But God's saying, hey, let me tell you about your future. There's a future full of hope. There's a future that's not a disaster. There's a future that I've planned for you. I love the message translation. Listen to this. This is is so cool. I know what I'm doing. Come on, you ever had to tell your kids that? Hey, I know what I'm doing. Just trust me. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. I've had, he's basically saying, I've already thought about today. I've already taken care of it. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. My plans are to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. That means you have a part to play in your future. What are you expecting? Not just what is God expecting. What are you expecting? What do you desire for your new year to look like? One thing that hinders God's children from receiving all that God has for them is expectation. God can't just do it for you. God's not going to force you. Same way with me and my children. I want a certain life for them, but I can't make them. I've tried. It doesn't work very well. He's not going to make you. But if you would just give him something to work with, to say, God, I trust you because you know what you have for me. You know my plans. You know my purpose. You know my future. And although my past may be dark, my future is bright. Although what's behind me Maybe something that I, I, I can't change. My future is something that I can. 
with God. What I love about the Apostle Paul is as hard as that may seem in Philippians chapter three, the next verse in Philippians, next chapter, Philippians chapter four, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes the only way you can let go is through the strength that comes from God alone. Sometimes the only way you can hold on to what he has in store for you is by the strength that comes from Christ alone. In the Bible, Joshua and Caleb, they crossed the threshold of the promised land full of faith and expectation. How? They believed a different report. Whose report are you gonna believe? Because you can easily go by what you've heard. You can go by what you've seen. One thing that we, we know in, in any, any business or anything that we do that we wanna be better at is you follow the trends. What are the analytics telling us? If you follow the trends of your life, you'll repeat those things, those cycles. What do you wanna carry over with you? David, cut off Goliath's head by crossing a threshold of a young boy into a man. How did he do it? Full of fear and timidity? No, full of faith and expectation. Jesus himself in Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible tells us, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus looked ahead in one of the hardest times of his life to keep going. You know, when he looked ahead, he saw you. He saw the very thing that's challenging you right now, the very test, the very trial. He saw that challenge in your health. He saw that challenge in your marriage and your finances. He saw every single one of those challenges, those decisions that are before you. You know, the Bible says that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He said, but choose life. Choose to live in expectation. Choose hope. Choose a bright future. Choose something that's greater than what you've already had. For the joy that was set before him, there's something set before you today. God has things ahead of you, but you have to make the decision to cross over that threshold with faith and expectation. Hear me when I say this this morning. Your life will reflect what you expect. Your life will reflect what you expect. You know, in times of my children going from, you know, my oldest is 16 now, but seeing them from each stage of development, I can't tell you the times I've had to look one of my children in the eyes and say, what you're saying about yourself is not, not true. Well, dad, I can't do it. Dad, I'm too, too weak. Just Christmas Day, I had to break up a street fight of my youngest son, who all these kids get new scooters, and they're all scooting around the neighborhood. And if you know our story, my youngest son has, has beaten cancer twice. Amen. That's something you can clap about. And so he's getting his strength back, right? He's not as strong as every kid his age, but he's getting stronger each and every day. And so one, one kid tried to challenge him, called him weak. And my daughter got a new iPad or iPod, so she happened to be filming it. <laughs> and so I'm watching the video, and the kid calls him weak. And my son throws down his scooter, and he goes, you want to go? You know, <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. So we had to run out and break up a street fight. But, you know, he could go his whole life 
thinking, I'm just weak. I'm not like everyone else. Because people could tell him that and echo that in his ear. Or he could listen to what his father tells him. Son, you're stronger today than you've ever been. Son, you're going to be stronger tomorrow. I see great strength in your future. You're going to do great things. Why? Because I'm his father. Your father, God, is not reminding you of your weakness. He's not reminding you of your past. Your father, God, is speaking to you your future. Your greatest days are ahead of you. They're not behind you. For your marriage, your greatest days are ahead of you, not behind you. In that relationship that you're having trouble with, whether it's a family member, a friend, a colleague, a a boss, whatever the case is, your greatest days are ahead of you. If you look to the past and say, wow, let me reminisce on the glory days, you're not able to see the brightness that's in front of you, what God has in store for you. As I close today, I want to give you two ways that you can help your expectations. Very simple. Number one, you have to believe that it's possible. You have to believe that whatever God is telling you, it's possible. If God says you can walk in peace, believe that it's possible. If God says you can forgive, believe that it's possible. If his word says you can have joy, believe that it's possible. If he says hope is for you, believe that it's possible. You just have to start with believing. Number two, say that it's possible. You can't even get saved without both of those. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. When you can get your believer your heart, hooked up with your speaker, your mouth, the scenery and the sound of your life will be dramatically changed. If you want things to change, first believe, and then begin talking as if you believe the things in which you're believing. God has something in store for you. And again, what's ahead of you is far greater than what's behind you. This is what I want to challenge you with as we get ready to pray is let's leave the past in the past. And let's, like the Apostle Paul, fasten our hearts to the future. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning. God, I'm so thankful that you never leave us, you never forsake us, you never abandon us, you're always with us. But God, right now, I know that there's marriages in this room, marriages watching online that need hope that need expectation. There's individuals, there's addictions, there's things that we go through. I believe right now our future is bright and I believe right now what you have in store for us, we walk over that threshold and that transition full of faith and expectation.